everybody, and welcome to All This and the Oscars 2, AwardsDaily.com's podcast on the Oscar race. My name is Sasha Stone. I'm the founder of AwardsDaily.com. I'm here with three of our editors, Ryan Adams, Clarence Moy, and Mark Johnson. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello, Sasha. Hello. 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 Happy Happy Guilds Day. Happy Guilds Day. <laughs> this is the weirdest day. We it's had like the Gilded Age. Ne- it's oh, the Gilded nice. Age. Age. So we never have had in all the years any of us have been covering the Oscars. I don't think ever in the o- history of the Oscars that we've had a thing where every all the major guilds announced on the same day, which is interesting in some ways because they did, couldn't feed off of each other. It was just sort of their pure reaction. But it's also odd in that. It doesn't build momentum as it goes along like it usually does, where a conversation starts about contenders. That's not happening because everything was just laid out on the page. So we're going to try to talk about that, process it, and then we'll answer some Twitter questions. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. Take it away, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) What? Hi, I'm Mark. Hi, Mark. Um, Where do you want to start? Where do you start Um, with WGA? Let's let's start with your guild chart. Let's talk about who's who's ahead and and what we think about who missed what and where um, positioning of this race. Just in terms of, I, I assume we're talking about best picture, kind of because yeah. that's yeah, all think, that. I think yeah. this, yeah, all these tie into the best picture weight. Right? Okay. So you have your PGA ten. I think are closing into being what it feels like the, the 10 for best picture and and eight, eight or nine of them. I'm feel, I'm feeling pretty confident about, Mm -hmm. um, you can argue what the nine, 10 is and what the 11, 12 is that would get in. But I, I'm starting on, on my best picture chart with those PGA 10, which are Belfast, power of the dog, West side story, Dune, licorice pizza. Don't look up King Richard, Coda, tick, tick, boom, and being the Ricardos. So, Go ahead. So that order is that is that who you is that how you're ranking? So them? that's how I'm ranking them. And part and I'll break down if you guys want. I, I have it broken down um, into four tiers basically. So you have your PGA ten. That's the holistic ten. To me, there's a clear top five, and within that top five, there's a top tier and a second tier. The top tier being Belfast and Power of the Dog. Right. Belfast is the only one with PGA, DGA, SAG Ensemble. It also has Ace, and it would have had, I think we can all agree, just like Power of the Dog would have had, WGA if they were eligible. Not only that, but it has uh, showings from other guilds like uh, cinematographers and sound editors. It has the Globe trifecta of picture, director, screenplay. Mm-hmm. It has the Critics' Choice trifecta of the same three. It even got an AFI special honor. Uh, it wasn't eligible. It's not an American film, but they even gave it a special honor and it received an NBR nom. So Belfast, in my opinion, is clearly at the top. Its closest competitor right now, I think, is Power of the Dog. Same story we've been saying since Telluride, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same story with WGA. It did miss SAG. That's why I think you have to put Belfast ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but along with um, but, uh, Power of the Dog mm-hmm. missing SAG, the other three nominees – the three non-Belfast nominees that got DGA also missed SAG, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Of, of the five DGA nominees, only one has SAG Ensemble. I know. So that's that's pretty that's that pretty much separates I think Belfast from everything else, but then separates Power of the Dog from um, the other three DGA because with Power of the Dog you have Ace, you have uh, five other Guild showings, 
You have the scripter. You have the Golden Globe trifecta, which only Belfast and Power of the Dog got, and Power of the Dog won two of those three, and Belfast won the other, which was screenplay. Power of the Dog also has the trifecta with the Critics' Choice and AFI. It missed NBR, so its two biggest misses are NBR and SAG, but that's pretty good on the day. It's right. feeling the a little three, like... The three in your, in your top tier five, in your second tier five, they all were nominated for um, WGA. West Side Story, Dune, and Licorice Every, Pizza. Everything. Yeah. So here's that's why I think the PGA 10 is pretty strong right now because out of the PGA 10, half of them got DGA and eight out of the 10 got WGA. The two that didn't were the two that were ineligible, Belfast and Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. I stepped mm-hmm. all over you there, Tasha. 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 Hi, I'm Tasha. Tasha. I'm, I'm stepping in for Sasha. <laughs> for she has twin. to go to the bathroom. I'm so sorry. I mean, you absolutely had the floor and I just like stomped on you. What That's you okay. Sasha's not here though. It's Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> Tasha. Where did I get that? What's like this thing you guys are talking about? What's PGA? No, um, okay. so, uh, <laughs> let me just let me just interrupt. I just want to before we move on. I just want to interrupt with my stat fail, and then we can move on. Continue. Yeah. So yeah. I did. You know me. I like obsess on building. I'm like John Nash in a beautiful mind. I like yeah. obsess on building charts. But um, so I discovered that SAG Ensemble always has at least two that cross over to DGA. Except one time, and that was 2007, when No Country for Old Men won the SAG and then won the... So it was a clear front-runner year, 2007. It wasn't a, a mix year. It was just a full-on, straight-on front-runner. Um, but it was weird, because it was like 310 to Yuma and all these other strange SAGs. So they were off the... So when we get this SAG grouping, with the exception of House of Gucci, which looks like it's dropping out... The other four looked strong to me. So I assumed that, that it was going to be at least two heading in. That's why I ended up predicting either King Richard or okay. um, Don't Look Up to be the DGA. But this year is only the second year in all of SAG PGA history that there's only one. It's only the second time mm. it's ever happened. That's incredible. Yeah. Anyway, continue. And, and the one, like you said, the one time it happened was No Country. That, right. Like almost. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you call that a sweep, but it took picture, director, screenplay, mm-hmm. supporting actor, et cetera, et cetera. And that's yeah. in, that is in one of the best years, uh, in my opinion, of film in the last thirty. And did it uh, win? It didn't win the Globe, did it? No Country. Uh, I can't remember. Have, well, Juno would have won comedy probably. And right? I think Diving Bell won director that year at the Globe. Yeah, and I think maybe Michael Clayton won Globe. I don't I can't remember. remember. It's, a, it's a great year. There, I don't think there will be blood one. No, but I but remember. I think that somebody that look it up. It felt it <laughs> felt very it strong. Oh, nice. No country. It felt like it was the only thing that was going to win yeah. that year. I don't know that we're in that kind of a year now because we have the expanded yeah. ballot and everything else. But right. anyway, continue. Yeah, that's that's all I was saying about that. Was that for Belfast? That's why I was trying to tell my friend. It's like for Belfast to make all those places. You know, um, that's that says a lot. That says it's hitting every single type of person, you know, even after people Mm. like (laughs) even after Mm -hmm. people like Belfast. If it was showing any weakness at all, it wouldn't show up in these places. um, No Country for Old Men did not win the Gold Globe that year. It was Atonement. Oh, Uh, Atonement. Atonement, right. No Country got screenplay and supporting actor, of course. And Belfast got screenplay. Belfast got screenplay clubs, yeah. 
So that's that's why I felt it was kind of funny coming in today. A lot of people were down on Belfast because it wasn't hitting things like visual effects or costumes, right? Like, uh-huh. okay, it's it's not supposed right. to costumes. Right? <laughs> it's not going to get that it's, right or makeup and hair, like all the other precursors in the, in the guilds that had come earlier. It wasn't hitting, but it didn't need those ones, right? It needed PGA, DJ, SAG, mm-hmm. ACE. We're going to, again, assume that Belfast and Power of the Dog would have got WGA, and it got all of that, right? It even added cinematographers and sound editors. And so that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's that's where I, I would say, you know, again, with all the things I was just mentioning, that's that's the top tier to me is Belfast, Power of the Dog. I think, do we all agree maybe on that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. so. For sure. I, I was so thinking then, heading into today that if if any if we had seen any surprises, any wiggle room, like if King Richard had gotten a DGA nomination or anything that we weren't expecting, some really big surprise, then we could it would have shifted yeah. the race in a significant way. But I didn't see that today. No, no I, I agree. Uh, if anything, the biggest shift in today might have been, and maybe this is just me because I haven't I've been holding out on it the whole time was being the Ricardos, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Getting both WGA, which we assume probably WGA, but producers as well was that's where it was like, uh, you know, but yeah. when you, when I, you I did predict um, being Ricardo's yeah. for PGA, but I missed wow. four other ones, so I don't really, I, I didn't <laughs> I don't, really care. I don't even remember. Yeah, so probably I, missed four others too. I don't know. Yeah, I missed four of them. Well, I'll tell you what didn't do as well today is Nightmare Alley really didn't. Oh, yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Coming Nightmare. into today, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say Nightmare Alley and Macbeth. And of yeah. course, mm-hmm. Gucci. Yeah, right. Right. I like though. At least, Mark, you have nightmarely on your chart, and the chart, by the way, is on is on Twitter. You can yeah. find it on on your on your Twitter and on Sasha's on the Awards Daily Twitter. Even if you're not on Twitter, you can go. Even congratulations if you're not. But I mean, you can still find <laughs> it. There. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll include it in my next um, Gurus of Gold here soon okay. and whatnot. So, well, I'm sure there'll, be, there'll probably be some change. Like, when do we get BAFTA noms? Because that's the last. All right, that, 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 I'm February glad you brought 3rd. that up because February 3rd. I would like to just really quickly talk about BAFTA. I did build a chart, yeah. a long list chart somewhere. I put it on Twitter. I have it on the yeah. site. I don't have it in front of me because I don't have my computer in front of me, but. Um, there you can see what what is really strong with them, and it's it's pretty much the same movies. But the only thing that stands out to me about BAFTA is that they also liked being the Ricardos. That yeah. that stood out yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, and actually, all ten PGA nominees are long listed for Best Picture for BAFTA. Hmm. So they're so they're all even if they don't get in, they were liked enough by BAFTA. And if BAFTA had ten, maybe they would get in, but they don't. They and have maybe five they would, right now. So. Um, now, there's others that were BAFTA long listed, like The Lost Daughter and Tragedy Macbeth and House of Gucci for picture. There's, right. p- there's more than that. But the point being, that all 10 were also on that list for picture. Yeah. Back to so, your chart just for a minute. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Another, another um, a film that did well today uh, with the bullet is Tick, Tick, Boom, right? Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it and being Ricardo's, you have them at number nine and number 10 on your mm-hmm. chart. And I think that's great. The only thing I do, I am a, you know, Nightmare Alley is, you have it ranked at number 11, which yeah. means it's on the cusp. I would love to see it make in, make it into the 10. But in order to do that, it would have to jump up pretty high to knock something else out because I don't want to see Ricardo's or Tick, Tick, Boom knocked out. Right. In, in, in favor of Nightmare Alley, so well, it here's, puts me in a bad yeah. position. Yeah, but here's here's why I'm kind of leaning Ricardo's over Nightmare Alley, even though I I had Nightmare Alley in that ten spot and being Ricardo's mm-hmm. back a little bit. Um, Sasha mentioned uh, I remember at Telluride talking about how, um, and Sasha, maybe you can help me out, but the Best Actress winner 
their film often is nominated, I think you were talking about. And that's why we um, were like, can Spencer do that? Mm-hmm. And right now with the love that being the Ricardos is getting recently and Nicole Kidman winning the globe, it would almost make sense for being the Ricardos to be the 10th if she's going to win. Right. right. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. Um, the only caveat to that that I figured out is the only mm-hmm. time that that is overridden is when yeah. it's with an overdue actress that p- people really want to see when like Julianne Moore <coughs> and oh, yeah. still Alice yeah. right, right. or something like that. Yeah. But we don't have that <laughs> this year. Right. That's well. That the only one that would come close to that would be Jessica Chastain. She's the only one that would sort of right. fit that model. So I would say my instincts tell me in my heart. I'm putting my aside my own feelings on this, but my instincts would tell me it's down to those two. Nicole Chastain Kidman. and Kidman. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Okay. And Chastain oh. has never won, and so she's got that going for her. But Kidman. Yeah is having a really good time of her career right now, and she plays Lucille Ball, and she's really good. And if they like that movie, then, yeah, then she could... I could see either of them winning, but Jessica Chastain would have to really step up her game big time if she wants to win, just to go like Lady Gaga all over that thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, so do you want to get back to the no, tears? you go for it. Keep talking. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. have something, Clarence? Go ahead. No, I was just going to um, just add one thing. Um, <clears throat> this, uh, I, I, There's been a lot of conversation today about the um, Glenn Close versus Olivia Coleman year, mm-hmm. um, where Olivia, you know, obviously Glenn Close was ludicrously overdue. Olivia Coleman was in a film that was nominated for Best Picture, 10 Oscar nominations. I don't know that being Ricardo is going to get 10 nominations, but, you know, we may be in another situation where you have – a best actress winner, which is what you've just said, and, and a pick in a front runner, um, a front runner for best actress that's also in a best picture candidate. So right. that, yeah. you know, could help there. Mm-hmm. Agree. That's yeah. true. Right. Um, I'll just really quickly to insert yeah, here yeah. is that BAFTAs are, are announced February 3rd and the Oscar yeah. voting yeah. ends February 1st. So <laughs> they're not going to be able oh to influence. My. I know. Oh, so is BAFTA. Well, we'll still get to know what that other 25 or part of the other 25 that's. Oversee voters, but it could be really weird. The BAFTA, the yeah. way that they picked It'll, it was last year. It was awful. Yeah. Last year. So they, the no, BAFTA was... won't know what the Academy's picking, and the Academy won't know. Yeah, but they do have but a I... lot of crossover voters. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think this year is going to be as weird as last year because the <laughs> the, the, the the lists were more populous than yeah. okay. um, than the list last year. Right. Yeah. All right. Continue. Okay, so we agree Belfast, part of the dog, are, are in that top tier of the PGA, DGA 5. I'm going with the next tier. I, I kept with the DGA. So my 10 is the PGA. My top five is the PGA-DJ combo. Um, and I know West Side Story has um, some warts on it right now, but everything else at this point does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so West Side Story missed SAG Ensemble and Ace. Right, Dune has hit everything, but I'd also miss cinematography. Right, inexplicably, I can't even imagine mm-hmm. how that happened, but it did miss. My theory about West Side Story is that people just aren't watching it. It's the parasite thing because they either think that they've seen the movie already, or they know it's going to be sad and they don't want to watch that. You know, it's mm-hmm. up for nine different guilds. It won the yeah. Globe for Picture, and it got the Globe Director. So well, it's, I, I it's doing well. It just missed mm-hmm. SAG and ACE are the two big ones it missed. Well, right? ASC missed, it, for yeah, Janusz Kaminski right. is a pretty big one. Right, but are we, we don't wait 
ASC up there with SAG, right? No, no. But for a movie like yeah. that, I mean, it's like you'd yeah. think that it would. That's odd. But, That's odd. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, I, I, it, true. It has a sad ending, but kind of uh, do look up. Kind of had a sad ending too. You know, the destruction of planet Earth. I, I, I would say. What Spoiler. Are you comparing don't look up? <laughs> <laughs> Side story. <laughs> no. uh, I would say, Westside. here's what I'd say about ASC. Look at the other nominations. They're all really strong, right? Power of the Dog, Belfast, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and Tragedy of Macbeth. So if West Side Story misses to those five, I yeah. don't think that's as much an indication against West right. Side Story as much as it was just a really good year for cinematography. I agree with yeah. that, but yeah, I also know true. that if they really love a movie, it'll override yeah. stuff like that. But yes, mm-hmm. I agree with you that... Yeah, it'd be one thing if it missed for like "Don't Look Up," or something that was, or something that was less imagey. You know, right? Well, like for instance, Belfast, which I think has obviously standout, incredible cinematography. So awesome! I mean, really, just every shot is breathtaking in that movie. But, um, but obviously, we know film Twitter is annoyed with Belfast, so they keep (laughs) saying like it's no big deal, it's not that. But like that's a good example of a film that would get left off for a movie. But but they put it in there because they obviously like it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's it's right. an emotional choice for them too. Yeah. So so right. where I was going was West Side Story, Dune, and Licorice Pizza. They all have PGA and DJ, and they all missed SAG. So they're in that like mm-hmm. second second tier together. And yeah, West Side Story missed Ace, but it won Globe for for draw the comedy musical picture. So that kind of counters, I think, that Ace miss. Um, and again, we'll see what the Oscars do with editing for it. Cause it is a really well edited film. Um, I mean, one, I think it's one of the better edited films of the year. Um, so I was kind of surprised that it missed Ace, but that's the second tier. So do you guys have something different in your top five? No, I just, I think it's a good time to bring up what people were saying on Twitter. I'm sorry to have to keep bringing up Twitter. Oh, you're good. We've you're entered good. the metaverse. <laughs> um, <laughs> The thing is, 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 you know, people will be very quick to say, well, SAG isn't, SAG isn't SAG anymore, it's SAG after. And I agree with that. It is in terms of the acting choices and stuff like that. But what you're looking for with Best Picture is you're looking for something that you can sit anybody down in front of. So if, if a movie does well at SAG, that means that, it, you know, now with it being SAG after, for a movie like Parasite, for instance, to do well there, that shows universal appeal, right? Because you don't have to factor in that it's a TV person versus a serious theater actor. You know that both of them are going to like this movie, right? Now, it's true that movies like Shape of Water and Green Book and Nomadland are three movies that have won um, without that SAG ensemble, right? Um, The only one that's really applicable here, because Nomadland's not an ensemble movie, Green Book, mm, borderline, is Shape of Water. And the reason that Shape of Water won Best Picture, in my opinion, is because they knocked out three billboards with, with controversy. Bill, three billboards was set to win Best Picture, um, even if Guillermo del Toro took Best Director because it won the BAFTA, um, even though BAFTA doesn't mean Best Picture anymore, but it won the SAG Ensemble, it won the Globe. It had very strong support. And it indicated that it would have gone all the way. But then Shape of Water just kind of um, came in at the last minute and won. But Shape of Water is also a um, a, a feel-good movie in its own way. Like, yes, it's weird and everything, but it is an emotionally uplifting film. And it has a really beautiful ending, something you can really get behind. And I think that made the difference in the end on the preferential ballot. I think that that little extra 
bit of lovely poetry at the end pushed it to the top. And that's going to be just to, to say now it's too, it's premature to say it, but power of the dog's problem is that it doesn't have that thing about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's why it's going to be without the SAG ensemble, you know, and, and not having that extra push, it's going to be, in my opinion, hard for it to win that last bit uh, for the preferential ballot. So that's why I, I see Belfast. Now that we do always talk about the SAG ensemble, category as being the de facto best they're they're not to being the best picture um equivalent but there's a lot more to sag than the ensemble award just as just as you said nicole's sag nominee for being the ricardos is not insignificant it's important yeah exactly even though it didn't get a best ensemble and i think in the same way that's why west side story is 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 number three on your chart because of ariana and it's why um I don't know what else am I looking at here. Yeah, that's um, one thing yeah. I learned over the years of building all these charts is acting frontrunners. If yeah. they're winning in that category, they're going to drag the movie along. It's almost right. always uh-huh. the case. Yeah. You know, not not always, always, but right. most of the time, like she's going to help. She's going to help push West Side Story through. Nicole Kidman, like you said, will push that through. Um, it is boom. like Lupita was the only um, acting winner in and for the year that 12 years they'll save one, right? Yeah, so but that's supporting still... actress can pull them a movie way up, absolutely. And sometimes they don't like, like Spotlight didn't really have a front runner, but it won ensemble, you know, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, it matters. Actors are hugely important, obviously, needless to say. But yes, if Nicole Kidman turns around and wins the SAG, she's winning the Oscar. There's just no way. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine with Glow and SAG. Yeah, that's mm. that's tough to beat. And she's never won a film award at SAG. Really? No kidding. I, can't I don't think so. Uh, uh. No, because Renee Zellweger won the year that she won for the hours. Oh, okay. right. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah. 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 Renee Zellweger and Nicole Kidman both won the Globe that year, and then heading into SAG, people thought it was going to be Nicole Kidman, but it was Renee Zellweger, and then Nicole Kidman won the Oscar. So it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Interesting. All right, continue. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. That's, that's for conversations. This is fun. Um, so at, that's the t- second tier. So for me, my tier one and tier two include all PGA, DGA. So then my tier three are the PGAs that missed DJs but had SAG. And there's three of those. Don't Look Up, King Richard, and Coda. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Don't Look Up has the same exact guilds that King Richard has plus five more and it also mm-hmm. got globe picture and screenplay so that's why to me of those three i'm going to put don't look up in that sixth spot i'll go to king richard in the seventh spot with the four guilds it only has four guilds but they're all big ones pga sag ace and wga and then i have coda in that eighth spot which is dropping pretty far i had it like number five coming into today um but it missed dga it missed ace mm-hmm. right so um, I think of that next tier, Don't Look Up seems the strongest, Coda seems the weakest, and King Richard slides in between. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts on that? Sounds good to me. Looks good. King Richard also has a Golden Globe um, nomination. Yes. King Richard, Don't Look Up, and Coda all had the same um, Globe nomination, though. They all right. Got okay. Pic- yeah, they all got picture. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They all missed Globe Director and Globe Screenplay. And this is neither here nor there, but it's an interesting stat. People might want to know. Um, other than 
the artist and the King's Speech. Since then, we've had a, a split between Best Actor and Best Picture winners. So the fact that, mm. that Will Smith might be winning, probably winning, drags King Richard through all the majors, but it doesn't mm-hmm. make it a frontrunner to win Best right. Picture necessarily. It's I can't imagine, and I'd have to look this up, but I, to, I, I can't imagine winning Picture without a DGA nom. Like the uh, the percentage of films that win picture that at least have it's DJ only happened has, once. Yeah, I was gonna say it has to be extremely driving mistakes. <laughs> driving was that mistake. it really? Driving yeah, we're always dri- dragging out the okay. driving mistakes well, stat. Go. There you go. So that, that's that's and that's why I put the DGA five ahead of everything else mm-hmm. because I think you have to have that DGA five mm-hmm. or that DGA um, DGA PGA. Uh, yeah. Yep, DGA PGA, uh, and then so then the next two, the fourth tier are those fringe contenders we kind of talked about earlier. So they're the ones who have PGA, but have neither DGA or SAG, and that's Tick, Tick, Boom and being the Ricardos. Mm -hmm. And why I went with Tick, Tick, Boom over it was it got Ace. It has five guilds. It got Globe Picture, got Critics' Choice Picture uh, nomination, but missed Screenplay and Director and had an AFI nom, whereas Ricardos missed Ace that Tick, Tick, Boom got. It has three guilds. Again, Tick, Tick, Boom had five. It didn't get Globe Picture, but it got Globe Screenplay, which is arguably a stronger stat. It missed CCA, Critics' Choice, Picture, and Director, and then it did not show up at AFI, whereas Tick, Tick, Boom did. So Tick, Tick, Boom has a few precursors in its favor over Ricardo's, and the the only one that I think is, at the moment, close to getting past Ricardo's would be Nightmare Alley, which... Coming into today, it's funny. Nightmare Alley had like a, a, a roller coaster ride through the precursors. The first stage with the short lists that came out for makeup and hair, song, score, sound, and visual effects, Nightmare Alley only showed up in one of those, right? It only made makeup and hair short list. So it looked pretty poor coming in. And then it took um, sound editors, FES. Costume Designer Guild nominations, mm-hmm. cinematographers, set designers, uh, art direction, and then today it added Writers Guild. But it missed Ace, it missed SAG, it missed DJ, it missed PGA. So hmm. it's it's a it, I think it's a it's kind of feeling like a distant eleven. That ten just feels really right to me right now. Mm-hmm. But Nightmare Alley seems to be the one that I would uh, put the closest to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I. I, you know, the thing is about Guillermo del Toro, he's really popular in the Academy, needless yeah. to say. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did come in at the fifth slot in the director. And that's only because he's so popular in the directing branch of such a boys club. People aren't thinking that. They're thinking the guy who directed Drive My Cars is going to sneak in there. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to predict five for five at this point because I can't. I think so, too. Yeah. And, and here's the thing about Drive My Car. Not you know, and this is this is all I can say is not a single guild, not a single guild recognized Drive My Car. It was ineligible for WGA, but not a single guild weighed in on that. I don't know how you could I don't know how you could predict Drive My Car right well, now. Well, because with um, for instance, another round, Mads Mikkelsen mm-hmm. kept showing up, you right, know, right, uh, here and there for for Best Actor, and yeah. with obviously needs to say Parasite, and you know these things were showing up, editors. Oh and, yeah, you know, Parasite's killing it. Track My yeah. Car doesn't really have a strong publicity team behind it, I don't think, um, to push it that way. But, I think um, it's Janice, right? Yeah, they're Janus. not like, I mean, look at Netflix had Roma, you know, it's right. like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but, um, 
you know, it's such a game of publicity, like who's the best, strongest yeah. publicist. You see, you see their efforts play out in these nominations. You know exactly why these things have made it where they have, because these guys have worked so hard to make sure that these names are placed. And if you don't, pure merit's not going to get you in most of the time. It really isn't. It's too competitive. It's just too competitive. And it takes a lot of effort on their part to get these to the right people, to, to put them on the right list, to make sure nobody forgets your movie. I mean, it's hard for them. Um, oh, God, I was just about to say something important, and now I've totally forgotten it. <laughs> I talked let myself me, let out. Me add to you're talking about the publicists? No, it was before that. Oh, I went off on okay. that tangent. I had another point let to me, make. But. Let me add to your Drive My Car talk, though, with, and I don't know if it's eligible or not, but Drive My Car was not on the long list for BAFTA. So the right. only thing keeping Drive My Car in the race at all is the critics. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. So here's the thing. The problem is that voting starts today and it ends five days from now. And if you're going to be like critics and you're going to be pushing like they do with movies and they try to write these articles and try to, it's too late. Like there's not enough time for them to build that momentum that they would need. They would need like a couple of weeks at this point to build it. And they just don't have that, you know. So that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so I agree with all your things. Uh, your PGA list. I mean, your you know your ten best yeah. pictures. So it is weird that the Baftas are still going to be doing their thing, and there's something about Belfast that makes me think it's going to be really strong. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what that could be. Right. <laughs> That's the one place you would expect it to do well. Exactly. And it's done done terrific everywhere else. Well, exactly. So if its best chance is coming up, you know, how do you not have it number one? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is I was trying to, like, encapsulate all these movies because if you want to sit there and you want to tell someone, you know, what movie do you want to watch? Okay, um, Belfast, what's it about? Easy to, to say, you know, a young mm-hmm. boy growing up in Ireland, you know, there's there's war on the streets. His family needs to leave in order for him to thrive and do well. Power of the dog. How do you explain that? Like it's it's complicated and hard to harder to explain, but it's it's, you know, masterfully done in an incredible film. But how do you explain that in a few sentences to someone? If someone said, oh, I, I want to watch Power of the Dog. What's it about? <laughs> what would you well, say? I'll paraphrase uh, Jeff Wells and call it Steers and Queers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> really? Steers? No, I would not do that. I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I've, I've tried to explain it to my, uh, my family um, and uh, without trying to say what happens because it's very hard to explain without saying <laughs> – but this person is psycho, <laughs> and this person is probably gay, <laughs> and this person. <laughs> it's, yeah, I it's, get it. it's it's you know one, I guess. it's just one of those movies that you say, well, you just need to see it. Well, exactly, <laughs> but like all happen. the other movies, like King Richard, easy to explain. Being the Ricard, like these, all these movies have like a paragraph, a couple of lines, and you could explain what they mean to people. Ex- except Licorice Pizza, maybe. Well, forget Licorice. Licorice Pizza, <laughs> I, I would say, is Paul Thomas Anderson's childhood. Okay. Hanging around. And so for Power of the Dog, I would say it's a really incredible Jane Campion movie that is about the kind of macho, you know, the pressure on what it was to be macho back in the old West, kind of like Brokeback Mountain, actually. But it's not like Brokeback Mountain. It's very different from. I don't know what the hell you compare it to. I mean, I think you can compare it that way. If you wanted to write a narrative for Best Picture, you could somehow work that angle, I think, and say, like, they should have given it to Brokeback Mountain. Here's another chance. Um, 
something like that, you know? Um, but as a, as a, it's such a, it's such a kind of a subjective experience watching that movie. Like you, you watch it and you absorb it and you take away from it what you take away from it. You know what I mean? She doesn't impose the story on you really. Um, for me, the second time through, it, it, a lot of it came through much more clearly and I understood the plot, but telling the plot is a spoiler, you know, you give it all away. So you don't want to do that, but um, but it is hard to describe exactly what it's about. What what do you think it's about? Like, is it about toxic masculinity? Is it about homophobia? Is it about loving your mother? Is it about being a sociopath? You know, um, all the above, <laughs> or all of the above. You know. So that's the only thing is I think. Um, People keep saying to me, Power of the Dog is going to win Best Picture. They keep saying they're very insistent upon it. I can't say it won't. I don't know. You know, like I've been wrong before many times, too many times. So I don't even want to venture out to say it won't win. Um, but my thinking is that I'm feeling a Belfast thing. Um, the two publicists that are handling these movies are polar opposites in their strategy. Yeah. Um, Cynthia Schwartz is a fly-under-the-radar type. This is what you're seeing with Belfast is absolutely her style. She keeps it as close under the wraps as she can until the last time of voting, and then she hits it, guns it. Lisa Tabak, who's doing Power of the Dog, is exactly the opposite. She likes to come in very strong and very prestigious at the top to make a, a movie too big to ignore, um, and that builds prestige. But the problem with that sometimes is the problem with Th Cynthia's style is sometimes you can miss it. You can miss your exit, you know? You can miss... You can. You can not build up enough steam so that you can overtake the big front runner. But this strategy of, of coming in strong, you place a lot of nominations, but you might not be able to gather that enthusiasm it takes to push a movie over, like La La Land, for instance, versus Moonlight, you know. Even though Lisa Tabak had both of those movies, <laughs> we should have. Oh, no kidding. Well, wow. she did in the beginning, for sure. I, I think that at some point they she switched it, but... Um, but that's the thing. It's like th those are two different strategies, and Power of the Dog is absolutely the least Tayback strat strategy, and it's going to do really well with nominations because of that. Belfast is the Cynthia Schwartz strategy, which means that it'll catch its headwind at the last minute or it won't, you know. But I feel like when I watch Belfast, I get that funny feeling, you know, that funny feeling of this movie has the goods. You know, it has the goods to do what it needs to do to win. But... You never know. You know, it's, it's a weird year. and But I would watch out for attacks against it. I think that right now we're going to start seeing some major knives coming out for Belfast. Yeah. That's what worries me about a movie that's a front runner like Belfast at this stage. Because with the preferential ballot, you could, I mean, if you really, look, uh, am I still there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you could, in a way... Like, let's say Power of the Dog is my film that I want to win, but I know Belfast is high, and maybe Belfast is my number four. Wouldn't it make sense for me to put Belfast 10 if I think that's the film that could beat the film I want to win? That way, it, it get it as much out of the race as I can. Yeah, but that right? won't so be how... That's why I hate preferential ballot. But, but that won't be assuming, how people vote for Belfast. Yeah. Do they, though? Because I here's the thing. I've, I've in the in my When I was with the Word Circuit, there were a couple podcasters on that that did that every year when we had our own awards and Aww. they and they openly admitted it. I think there are people who are smart enough to figure out that if I put the film that could beat the film I love down low then then it increases my film's chance. I no, think if 
Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say you're playing. You guys are playing a game with this. They don't. They don't, they don't play a game with this. Probably they don't treat not. it like Probably sports not. betting or whatever. Someday you'll someday you'll go to the Oscars and you'll actually see what they actually look yeah. like. The yeah. Academy oh, voters, love, um, life, life, they're life, adorable, life, but life. yes, they're nine hundred years old. <laughs> but um, these aren't people who are going to be hovering around Twitter following that chatter. But they, what they do is. I mean, yes, when they put a movie low like that, it means they hate it and they don't want it to win. Like, you know, if they're mad about Brokeback Mountain or whatever, they might do it with something like that. I hate this movie and I'm not going to put it, I'm going to put it at number 10. But remember, it's like, what, 9,000 people voting. That's a lot of people and they're not all going to be gaming. Either they like the movie or they don't. The, The thing with the preferential ballot that you're looking for for your winner, and this is what Power of the Dog has, actually. It does have this. It's what Nomadland had, which is even if you don't like the movie, you feel good about it winning and you want to help it. You want to help the movie. Mm. Oh, I didn't really like it, but yeah, number two, because it's such a good project, and it, you know, I love Jane Campion, and I'd love to see her win, and it's such a good effort, and they did such a good job. Um, That's that's where, you like with Moonlight, is the perfect movie like that. You know, you want to be a number one, you want to be a number two, you want to be a number three, you want to be a number four. You just don't want to be a number eight, nine, or ten. Right. I mean, for, uh, honestly, if you if anybody really wanted to hurt a movie, they would not rank it at all. They wouldn't even put it at number ten. They would just not. They would not name it because no. Even if you put a number a movie at number eight or nine, if it's destined to move up, it's going to move up. As the, as, the, as the movies over it are eliminated, there's no way to stop it. But if you leave it off altogether, then at least you know your ballot is never going to count for it. But honestly, that's why, yes, exactly. But that's why winning the Globe is often the kiss of death for a best picture, because especially like La La Land, for instance, it it sets you up to be the frontrunner. And that's like, mm-hmm. it's funny, like the two strategies, Lisa Tabak likes to be the frontrunner, Cynthia Schwartz doesn't. Cynthia Schwartz likes to be not the frontrunner, like Argo... You know, she liked it that Argo wasn't the frontrunner heading in. Because the second something becomes a frontrunner, it puts a target on its back and people start attacking. They're not doing that with Power of the Dog, which shows you how Teflon it is. People aren't going to start hating Power of the Dog, you know. Um, that's that's in its favor. That's a really good thing that it has going for it. Um, but everything else you've seen has taken a little bit of a backlash. King Richard has. Belfast has. Don't Look Up certainly has. Um so it is a game of that, but that Power of the Dog needs more than that. It needs love. It needs pure love. It's going to need, like what Belfast has in spades is pure love, you know, and, and that's what it's got going for it. Yes, it can be attacked, and it probably will be. Um, I'd be really worried about the next five days. But, you know, it's, it's a phase two is when they find the winner. So right now we're just doing nominees. But I don't think that Belfast is, is weak for Best Director at all. I don't think it's weak for screenplay or... The only question is how many nominations it'll get for acting, you know? Yeah, right. Belfast is going to be pretty hard to attack, too. I mean, it's, it's, it's the kick a puppy syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. It is, yeah, unless they can analogy. find an angle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what's our next thing? Can I go to the Twitter I guess questions? so. We might as well. We have a lot of them, don't yeah. we? Oh, I don't know. Mm. I should look, too. Um, speaking of Belfast, I have that song stuck in my head for all the whole day. Open up your eyes. <laughs> Everlasting love. It's just like, will not leave my head. And that's always a good thing for a movie to have as a song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't understand why film Twitter. Oh, the dog has that whistle. That whistle it certainly too. does. It has the whistle. <laughs> 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 well, that movie's secret weapon is uh, is him is Benedict Cumberbatch. You know, he's mm-hmm. really very charismatic person and. He's just so beautiful to look at in all the scenes and all the shots. It just has such a great look to it, you know. Um, and so anytime you put a picture of Power of the Dog anywhere, you're just like, wow, it's so beautiful, you know. Yeah. And that those helps it a two, lot. Yeah, those are the two that every time I see pictures, I just it makes me love the movie more, which is Belfast and Power of the Dog, which is why I'm, I didn't I wasn't too surprised that it got the cinematographer nomination. I know a lot of people were thinking it wouldn't, but. You know, it's just such a – you can make a picture book out of those two films. There's so many just great shots, you know, mm-hmm. and that's I, – I think – and maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I oftentimes translate cinematography for nominations or wins is which one looks good in pictures, right? Which one yeah. – if, if I look at stills, if it looks, you know, beautiful, that's, that's cinematography, right? I don't mm-hmm. know. And the best picture book swag of the year was the Power of the Dog swag book. The power dog yes. one was, yeah. Oh, God, it's yeah. beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I'm rooting for her for, for that award, although my favorite is is Belfast. But I I, I think he, that, but this is one of those years where those top two, if they are the top two, those are my top two. And so either one winning, I'm going to be happy with. I think they're both terrific films. Mm. Yeah, me too. I was. I don't really have an emotional investment this year. Like there's nothing I hate or love. I mean, I love a lot, but I mean, there's nothing I feel yeah. like. I'm going to be really bummed if it um, – I'm a little be upset if Jennifer Hudson doesn't get in, which, you know, who knows yeah. if she will or not. That's a tough call on that. But I'm going to try not to be, you know, angry about it and be happy for all the people that do get in or anybody that does win in that category. Um, uh, other than that, um, you know, I'm happy for Paul Thomas Anderson if he gets in. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Licorice Pizza, but um, but it's a fine movie, you know. It's not bad, certainly. Um I mean, all these artists are doing a really good work. You know, they're they're yeah. they they have a slate to be proud of. You know, um, it's a great it's a great year for film. It is. It feels like it. So, do we have any questions? I see one. We do. Yeah, we have a few. Go ahead, Clarence. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to start off with a really long one, um, just to get <laughs> it out of the way. But uh, this person went to a lot of trouble. Um, it's um, Danny Menzies, uh, uh-huh. and there's the question is around animated feature. And essentially, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but essentially, I'm going to summarize it. Essentially, sometimes there's an animated feature. There are years where it's pro-Disney, and sometimes they go with the non-Disney films, um, y- you know, uh, like yeah. Lego Movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be too early to know, but what kind of year do we think this is? A Disney instead of critics Mm-mm. or a critic's favorite, um, a non-Disney film? Mm-mm. Disney. Disney. I think. Encanto. Encanto. <laughs> the question is which Disney? Encanto. Yeah, it's hard to say because Luca is also strong and we just don't have box office to know how popular Luca is. But I know that Luca has been widely seen on Disney Plus since June. But Encanto has the zeitgeist. Um, but there's a third one. I've been, I've been saying since I've seen it that Ryan the Last Dragon um to me, I, that, that to me it, personally, that's my favorite. But it also did really well with the precursor charges, mm-hmm. like all these films. They all got basically the same things. Uh, but Raya, Raya led the Annies too, with most nominations. 
Oh, that's interesting. It so did, but that's the Animation Guild, right? So yeah, they're yeah, yeah. they're not. I've always been of the opinion, and yeah. Sasha, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I've always been of the opinion that the Academy really never watches the animated films; they just vote for what's popular. And sometimes it is the Spirited Away, or it's the yeah. Lego Movie. And this year, I mean, you look at—I think the—it's the first time. I'm probably mis- misreading the stat, but I think this is the first time ever that every single song from a soundtrack is in the Billboard Top 100, and it's Encanto, and it's no, exactly at the right moment. Like everybody's talking yeah. about this movie, except Bruno. No, it it yes, has no, like we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> the <laughs> sorry, the incredible reaction on TikTok for Encanto, it's like actually like a phenomenon on there right now. Yeah. Like it's like billions and billions of people are what like it's it's, it's big. likely it's likely Encanto. I get it. I'm just trying to make a push for Raya. Well here's the thing um, about the Academy yeah. voting that we should understand is like there's there's two things to know about the Academy voting. There's the old Academy and there's the new Academy. The old Academy they were <laughs> lifers, right? So yeah. they only voted for the categories they cared about or wanted to. They skipped shorts, they skipped Anything that they didn't care about, they had sound, like none of that they voted for. But the branches vote for those categories. The animation branch is going to be all over the animation film category. Anybody who works for Disney or is affiliated with Disney is going to be all over that. That's why we call it the Disney Mafia (laughs) at uh, the Oscars. But, um, But the new Academy, the new members that they invited in in the last few years, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who have no other reason to be there except... Because they got invited, like they're not, you know, they didn't get nominated or they're not like pillars of their community or whatever. They're a lot of them are really young and they do vote for everything. They watch everything. They take their membership very seriously. And so they're a little bit harder to predict how they're going to go because we used to predict counting on the fact that Oscar voters don't watch the movies. I mean, that they don't vote in these categories, you know, but these guys are, they're watching them and they're voting. And so that to me makes it a little bit harder to predict some of the other categories. Like I think they will be watching the animated films and they will be picking the movies that they like. So, you know, you really do have to watch them and try to pick the best one. But I would go with Encanto only because it's Disney and because it's such a cultural phenomenon at the moment. But Raya, Mm -hmm. I think, could also win. And Encanto won the Globe. Animated, so that helps. I think we'll see what BAFTA does. Um, a, a really weird um, stat is no film has won the Oscar for animated without at least getting a BAFTA nomination. Oh wow! So on all you know, all five of these that we feel are the front runners, maybe even six if you want to include you know Flea or Sing Two as that bubble one. Um, all of them are on the long list, so likely they're probably going to all show up again. It seems like it's been the same five or six films the whole year with this animation year so but look for BAFTA that might tell us a little more yeah I should watch them I haven't watched any of them I should see them oh they're they're not bad Lucas mm. Lucas cute and Canto and Canto's good Mitchell's Mitchell's might be the best of the group I don't yeah, know yeah that, I would a, agree with that yeah that's a pretty good one Raya was my favorite and Flea I, I I'm starting to think Flea's not meant for animated this year and that Sing 2 is that's a tough category. Yeah, it's a really tough yeah. category to crack because the Disney people have a really good stronghold on that. Not always. Yeah. Sometimes it, they don't. But they're looking strong for three of the spots. Yeah, and they also Disney there's the chance that they could cancel each other out and allowing for some other thing to. Yeah, you know. and, and maybe this is just the year of Netflix where it wins animated and picture director. Yeah. 
I wouldn't yeah. put it past them. They're, they, I, as I say, she's do a very, it all at once. Yeah, they're a very good team on their marketing. All right, who else mm-hmm. do we have here? Do we get no questions? No, we we, we had uh, eight or ten. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Whoever wants to read one. I can't see any, so I don't have them in front of you right now. Um, Well, a a lot of these we have already spoken because there's a lot of questions about um, if the uh, um, will if DGA doesn't match five for five with Oscar, then who goes? Who's most um, vulnerable? Um, So we kind of already talked about that. Well, the thing about that, I'll I'll just just add here is that um, in 2012 they. This is like how sad and long I've been doing this this job. <laughs> but like before 2012, the DGA would always announce their nominees way you know before the Oscar voting ended. So a lot of times that's why the DGA and the Oscars tended to match so well. 2012 was the first time since I'd been doing it where the Oscar ballots were turned in before the DGA ballots were the DGA nominees were announced. So that was the year that only um, Ang Lee and Steven Spielberg crossed over, right? Yeah. It was a really weird year. It was the year Ben Affleck got left year. off. So it was all, you know, all the, the Ben Affleck snub was that year, but that was because they changed around the date. And so this awards dub situation and Oscar voting starting today is going to affect how the nominations turn out such that it's harder to look at the fifth slot situation in terms of, Usually we say the DGA and the Oscars match four out of five most of the time, give or take a 2012. Um, and we're always looking for that fifth slot. Like, you know, Guillermo del Toro pushed Vinterberg for another round on Twitter, and that really made an impact, and he ended up getting nominated. He also had a really incredible publicist. Um, so that's the thing. is like, what are they chattering about? Is it Drive My Car? You know, is there any sort of wiggle room in terms of a movie that all the directors... Remember, there are only like 400 directors in the director's branch, something like that. So the chances of them getting five for five um, uh, aren't good. But this year, because Paul Thomas Anderson is the fifth, that's why I feel stronger about putting a five for five, because it's Paul Thomas Anderson. If it was like Don't Look Up or King Richard or something, I might go for a different director. But Paul Thomas Anderson's already kind of an artsy, director branch friendly director. So I feel like he's going to... So if anybody dropped, um, I'd probably go with Spielberg, honestly even though I don't want to, but he would be the one that I would go with if I had to pick one to drop. But I'm not going to pick any because I'm going to go five for five. Yeah, I think I will be five for five as well here. It's going to be hard not to. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, here's the thing. Even if you don't go with the five for five, it's not like there's a clear six, right? Because you could be Gyllenhaal, it could be Hamaguchi, it could be Green, it could be Heder, McKay, Del Toro. Like there's so Miranda. Like there's so many options that there's. It's like why would you pull one out that seems safe to put one in that could be one out of eight? Yeah, exactly. In, right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there, you know, that's that's why. Like with picture, I might go Nightmare Alley to break up the perfect ten for ten with PGA or yeah PGA, but DGA seems like who who the hell's the six? Mm-hmm. Well, with because picture, there's a pretty, yeah, between your 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 your, your top tier, your yeah. your two levels of top tier, and your second level of five, 
there's a there's a big gap, right? I mean, it's yeah. not like there's a like well that you just said right. that in another yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no there's no close there's no close sixth. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And, and right now my sixth right. I think was uh, Don't Look Up. I think for director, if I had again, and maybe I'm crazy, but Maggie just of all the ones in the bubble, I could see them doing like a lone director for Maggie. Not mm-hmm. with you know, the director's branch. I, if the actors were picking it, yes, but not the directors. They're not going to do that. Maybe she got she got the Globe nom for director. She did, but they they're different. The, the, and she's the, probably going to win DGA for for first time. But right? they've already got Jane Campion. That's about as much woman as they can yeah. do in one year. They're not going to do two. <laughs> and, they're both, and they're both Netflix. Yeah, and I would say if Lost Daughter was coming in strong, like um, Promising Young Woman did last year, then then yes, but it's not. And right. the, but I would say this: when you're talking about getting a picture in at the last minute, you're, I don't think Nightmare Alley is your movie. I think it's going to be something actor-driven, like mm. The Lost Daughter, which has a Best Actress contender in it. It's going to be something that the actors branch is going to most likely put in there. Ninety percent, it's going to be the actors. You know, movies like District Nine can get in, and that's not actor-driven. It's driven by something else. So there are movies that that can be pushed by a different motivator, but in general, it's actors. Yeah, but Nightmare Alley has a huge cast. It does, but and, it's not an actress. Blanch- well, Blanchett got the SAG for it, right? True, but good so point. So she could be she could be a fifth supporting actress, like upset Ruth Negger or something like that. And Guillermo del Toro's roles too. The, the roles are just juicy and meaty. Yeah, and Guillermo del Toro's really popular, and right, right. Bradley Cooper's really popular, and all those actors. But I, I feel like. Actors yeah. taste wise, I feel like Lost Daughter yeah. would be the one that I. But what do I know, man? I yeah. don't know anything. No, hey, listen, that's my eleven, twelve. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. It's splitting hairs to me at that point as far as what, where I have them. So I'm with you. I think either one of those two seems the most likely. Like if they like they, Olivia Coleman enough, as people are saying that she, they're going to predict yeah. her to win, then you better predict a Lost Daughter to also get in. Right. So if they like her that much, that movie's also getting in for Best Picture. Right. Yeah, but then you're back to that. Um, it's not really a feel good movie. It's not much. A, it as far as you know, a happy ending and a feel good movie. It's not. It's that not, at all. but people love it. I, they really oh, I know. do. Yeah, I did, I did. I really loved it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it does have a lot of because she's so funny in it. You know, mm. um, I think that that an acting performance is all I mean is that it, being the Ricardos could get swept in because of Nicole Kidman, then Lost Daughter can get swept in because of. I mean, you know, if being if if Tammy Faye was a little bit of a better movie, that could could have gotten mixed up in here. You know, Andrew Garfield's driving Tick Tick Boom, obviously his nomination. Yeah. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is driving Power of the Dog. There's always an actor, not always, but a lot of like Dune doesn't really have any actors pushing it. Um, it's getting in on just its pure expanse and its its bigness, it's but. Marvel. But yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't. I don't know. Like, I agree with you. Like, flip a coin could be either of them, honestly. <laughs> right. All right. Let's get to another question. Okay. A few people ask this: Why were there no um, big budget films in the PGA ten today? Why no Spider Man or um, No Time to Die? Well, Spider Man, I know they didn't send out screeners. I found out today they didn't get screeners for that. So either they had seen it in the theaters, which they probably didn't, any of them, um, or they didn't see it. So they couldn't vote on it. That seems unlikely. That well, because, I heard from I mean, the um, publicist. Everyone else in America saw it, apparently. Well, I, mean, I haven't seen it. How, but how, I mean, how could they not? How could anybody not see Spider Man? Everyone has seen it. I haven't seen it, but I mean, Hollywood people aren't going to see Spider Man. Those old—they're not going to go see that. Hey, 
PJ is not all Hollywood people. Nine, all 9,000 producers don't live in Hollywood. I they know, but, but these are very extremely privileged, entitled people who are used to having things delivered to them. Yeah. I think they had yes, one but, screening where they invited people to it. But no, if you don't have a screener sitting right in front of you, you're not going to watch that. Hmm. So that's one possible reason. But at any rate, just to end this conversation right here, without a PGA nomination, Spider-Man's out. It's finished. It doesn't have right, a chance yeah. at all. So. It, it could be that they were just so successful. They made so much money. It's not like a movie yeah, exactly. that struggled against all odds and it ended up being a smash hit in spite of everything. Yeah. It was always going to make a huge amount of money. Right. So it's not like it's not like wow, they really did a great job. Well, I don't think so. I disagree with yeah. that. I think it's in this climate and COVID times, becoming the fourth highest grossing film of all time is a pretty big deal. It's a big deal. I yes, mean, that's, I know. I'm, you know. I'm just saying the producers might not see it. Yes, exactly. They, they might have, yeah, yeah. That's and true. also the, the filmmakers themselves, I was thinking about that, like what incentive, I was thinking what incentive does the studio even have to get it? Like, what do they care? They don't need a Best Picture nomination for, right. the Oscars right. need Spider-Man. Spider-Man doesn't need the Oscars, so they're not going to chase yeah. that, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, that that's done. And no time to die. Maybe they split that last vote. I thought that might have a really good shot of getting in. Um, Could be, but you know, because Skyfall was not, in no before. time to die. No time to die was not really a really good movie either. It really wasn't very. It was, really awful. <laughs> it was pretty awful. It was, yeah, it really was. <laughs> All right. What's the next question? Um, let's see. Um, why do people, well, you we kind of already addressed this, but why do people keep thinking that Branna is missing at the Oscars for Best Director? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the second part of that question is, does anything from today help possibly boost Katrina Balfe's, uh, or Balfe, uh, its chances of getting an Oscar nomination that came from Liesl? Hmm, I love her, and I love her in that movie. Yes, if they love Belfast, she's getting in for sure. I think so, yeah. Yep. She's getting good. She needed any more help other than to be what might be the best performance in what might be the best movie of the year. So yeah, for sure. I, I think, I think she's in and I think the Belfast or the Branagh thing is, I think it's, you know, sometimes Twitter can be mean <laughs> and I think they're, I think it's just their way of hoping that that happens. Like they're wishing it. They're, you know, it, it's either it. that or it's a whisper campaign that is being started by somebody to try to make <laughs> it seem like he's weak, but he is not weak. Okay, like that's not the weak link in the director. That Belfast is not the weak link anywhere in this Oscar race. I'm sorry to have to yeah. tell you guys that. Right, and whispering that he's not going to get in is not going to make him not get in. Right. You know, you can whisper all you want, but it's not going to have any effect. They don't feel no intimidated who. by him. You know what I mean? They 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 yeah. they might not. It's, he's not. I'm sorry. I mean to insult anybody here but he's not Aaron Sorkin you know he's not like that kind of guy he's not the guy that's not going to get in because he's Aaron Sorkin like they don't see him that way you know he was Mm. maybe you have to be old like me to remember when Kenneth Branagh first came up but he was being touted as the next Laurence Olivier like he he was always a wunderkind he was always somebody seen as a genius when he came out of the Royal Shakespeare Company like he has a very good long reputation as a very highly respected artist you know he's not I'm not saying Aaron Sorkin doesn't I'm just saying Aaron Sorkin's a, a writer who like you know but but Kenneth Brown has been directing for years he hasn't didn't mm-hmm. just start directing you know I have a um, an invitation to a press screening of Death on the Nile and that comes out in a couple of weeks and that'll be interesting to see if critics um, destroy it well I know certain <laughs> a certain someone will certainly go after that one they would probably be smart to just hold that for a couple months yeah it's too late 
Disney's rolling with it. They've already delayed it three or four times. All right. Well, the only upside to that is, (laughs) and he directed that. He did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Why? Yeah, because he's <laughs> get his crown on why. He's having fun. Let him have fun. So is that why people think he's not getting in because of that? I don't. Th- I haven't seen anybody. No, I it, wouldn't think so. Yeah. I mean, hell, Chloe Zhao just directed uh, the Eternals. Does anybody care about that? Yeah. No. Right. It's his. Uh, it's Brandon's Norbit, perhaps. Well, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know I a certain someone who's gonna who's gonna dive in with that, and they're gonna try. But look, it, it is. It's as Ryan said. It's the kicking puppy. Go for it. Kick the puppy. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> F around and find out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this is more of a stat question. So if somebody wants to do this research and look it up and, and answer it on offline, but it's basically asking. Um, when's the last time there were no first-time nominees for the Academy Award for Best Director, assuming the Oscars do go with the DGA lineup? Oh, and ben- Marshall Benjamin had Nunes. yeah, Marshall had written me about that. Let me see what he said. Um, he actually looked You're this up. About director, yes. Yeah, let me see here. The last time there were no first-time 1950, nominees. 1950, I think. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They, um, let's see Eric Anderson tweeted it earlier. Let me look. Uh, interesting stat I just came across. Best director at the Oscars has always had at least one first-time nominee since 1951. The DGA yeah. lineup would be all returning nominees if they make it in. Then he added, um, he was thinking it might be for Hamaguchi. Uh, Maggie. What is it? Or Maggie. No, it's not going to be. Keep running that narrative. Just remember, there's only room for one female in that. They did their. They paid their penance last year. <laughs> it's like yeah. they paid their penance. That's that's another problem that Power of the Dog has. I'm so sorry to have to say it bluntly, but they felt like they did it last year. They did the woman thing. <laughs> I don't feel the need to do it again this year. So <laughs> they dabbled in that last year. <laughs> like we did, we paid, we paid our price. We're not going to do it again. They might, but I mean, I'm just saying like, you can't have that same sort of momentum for the, for, for this woman winning as they did when last year it was Chloe Zhao. Um, first time nominee, uh, I'm, the directing branch is very snobby, very snooty. So I, otherwise, I would say Lin-Manuel Miranda might have a really good shot there That mm-hmm. at that slot. Um, I could see – I would see Sion Hedder getting in over Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, what about Green for King Richard? And Green, Green again, like it, that should have been a DGA movie. That's why I'm saying like Paul right. Thomas Anderson was my, Oscar, my one of my fifth Oscar. I could see Guillermo del Toro getting in for that fifth slot too. Um Look, I thought that no, I thought that only you know that they wouldn't go with just one SAG ensemble for DGA. So that's a that's a stat yeah. going back throughout their whole history. So stats like that, it's like that's nothing compared, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I think if the timing was traditionally timed, we might have something like that. But look, everything's happening all at the exact same time. So it's like there's not much contemplation to think about who might get in or whatever. They're just all voting for exactly what they all like at the exact same time. You know, so they're all going to mm. pick basically the same stuff because they're all picking it at exactly the, give or take a movie here or there. You know, um, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe Green. I hope he gets in. I think he deserves it. Yep, I wouldn't argue it. Just depends who he's over. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't want to see him over Villeneuve, Campion, Branagh, and and honestly, I wouldn't want to see him over Spielberg. So I'm okay with him over PTA. I feel like those and four I, are and locked. I love yeah. PTA. 
Yeah, me too. I mean, it's just going to come down to whether or not they. I mean, if the DGA liked licorice pizza, that means it's it's pretty huge. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like yep. so. Um, we we also mentioned this, but do you think 2021 was a strong year for film? And do you think the Oscar nominees will be a good representation of that year? And that comes from Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I've I've said this. I've been on record. I think for this since Telluride because I saw enough movies at Telluride that I loved that made it top like the last two or three years for me personally. So I think it's a great year. And I think, you know, if that PGA list is our 10, that's a pretty damn good, it's a pretty mm-hmm. damn good list. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I would only, I mean, when we were talking earlier about the movies that you know, we don't hate any of the movies, I do hate one of the movies, <laughs> this year, but I'm not, I mean, every, it's no secret which one it is. And it's in the top 10, but you know, it's not, it's, you know, I know a lot of other people who really love it, and so there's not anything I can do about it. Does anybody really love it, though, or do they just, like, appreciate it? You know, like, do they appreciate the idea of it? Maybe. It could be it. It could be part of it. You know, I think people like it for different reasons. I think think a lot of people just really do like that sort of – it's a little bit – to me, it's like really lowbrow humor, and a lot of people like that (laughs) because it's, you know, because it's just a goofy, stupid thing. What kills me is that that film gets compared to Doctor Strangelove, and I'm like, these, these, that's uh-huh. said by people who've never yeah. seen Doctor Strangelove. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that'll be. I'll be curious to see how that ends up. I thought it was going to come in at the DGA. I really did, but um, it sort of made sense. But the fact that it didn't, it, I think, is a little telling um, mm-hmm. about its strength. I mean, it really did sort of seem to be earmarked for that spot. Um, mm-hmm. I would only say, my only comment is that I think these movies are are wonderful and I feel lucky to be part of a community that is catered to. It is my dream before I leave this job that the Oscars don't go into the metaverse and become insular and exclusionary and that they that they are bigger and broader for, for a bigger group of people. Like Maybe that ship has sailed. Maybe we're never getting that back. But I would love it if it was had one foot in a bigger part of this country than just the little metaverse that it's becoming, you know, but that's aside, just looking at the movies on their own, they are, you know, wonderful works of art by some of the most talented people working in Hollywood. And I, I don't have a problem with any of them. Like I don't look at them and think, Oh, these are so exhausting and awful. Well, um, with tick, tick, boom, getting four guild nominations today, but missing on SAG ensemble, mm-hmm. do you now think it has a chance to make it onto, onto the top 10 for best picture? And, and, and that's from Nelson M. And, uh, of course your analysis shows that it's definitely in the, it's in the bottom tier of the top 10, but it would be number yeah. eight, nine or 10. Yeah, I had it eight or nine most, I think, of the season, it's safe to say. But it's always been one of those fringe ones. But, yeah, after today, it looks even stronger. PGA, WGA, and ACE. Um, you know, so for me, yeah, it, it, it feels you know safer than some of these other fringe ones. Mm-hmm. Right? I wouldn't guarantee it, but. It seems to me like feels, it did really. Strong. Yeah, it came on really strong. I think that, um, like I told do earlier I was watching on you know on this guy I know on Facebook who's like an older producer type and he loved Tick Tick Boom just loved it it was going on and on about how it was the greatest movie he ever saw and how it really reminded him of what it's like to be an artist and um and I, you know because I didn't really like the movie all that much it didn't really you guys did I know and a lot of people did but yeah. for me it didn't really 
I didn't really take to it. But um, but watching that guy's reaction to it did make me reconsider it. You know, I thought, because I've been underestimating it all along. I didn't think Andrew Garfield would get in. I didn't think he would get in for Best Picture. I'd been thinking Netflix wasn't going to have that big of a um, representation in the race. But now it looks like they're going to have Power of the Dog, Don't Look Up, Tick, Tick, Boom, and maybe The Lost Daughter, maybe four. That's pretty yeah. impressive. I think they've owned yeah. the most they've had is two. Yeah. I don't. There's something about... I can't remember who I saw tweeted something about no studios had even three in a while. I can't remember what the stat was, but so to get to get the three that they're looking at, that's pretty uh, remarkable. I'm starting to wonder if Andrew Garfield is this year's Eddie Redmayne um, from Theory of Everything. If he could maybe win the lead Oscar, maybe we've been talking about Smith and Cumberbatch. I've had Garfield in the three spot, but maybe he's. You know, he did. He won one of the Globes with Will Smith, mm-hmm. and he's on the BAFTA long list. He, he's hitting all the right notes. He's SAG nominated, Critics' Choice nominated. I wonder if he could be kind of like the Eddie Redmayne that kind of surprised, you know, beats Michael Keaton out. I th- I think the more interesting comparison would be is he the Adrian Brody to, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. to you know, That's that year of Nicholson and, and Daniel Day Lewis, although Adrian Brody was going off of. A resurgence of heat for best picture for or, um, pianist and and uh, he was up against heat. two people without a best picture nomination. Don't forget that. Yeah. Oh no, no, Gangs right. of New York did have no, one. Gangs of New York was nominated, but yeah. about Schmidt didn't. No. But um, they were you know they were competing against each other. Yeah. Those two canceling each other out and letting him. So I mean that could happen this year. That's good. That's a good comparison. I think it's tough. I mean. Uh, the thing about Will Smith is he um, he's carrying King Richard and it's doing really, really well. So mm-hmm. it seems like it got the SAG ensemble nomination, which mm-hmm. means he has, a, I think, a pretty good chance of winning the SAG. And if he wins yeah. the SAG, it's going to win the Oscar. Who do you think wins BAFTA? Because that's where I don't know that Will Smith... I don't, think, I, think, I don't think Will Smith wins BAFTA, right? Probably Cumberbatch? Well, remember how they do their... Nominees, right? So they they have I, two. I get confused with them. <laughs> well, what they do is they take the the voters all get to choose two contenders, oh. and then the committee chooses the other four, other three. Oh, so okay, right? So and then I think they all pick the winners. I think, yeah, they all pick. I think they all, yeah, they all pick the yeah, winners. That's right. But you know, so we don't know which two. Like, are, is it going to be? Is it going to be Andrew Garfield and Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, you know, is it going to be Will Smith? You know, and how are they going to do that? Does Benedict Cumberbatch he'll get in because he's um, British, right? So, yeah, so is Andrew. So is Andrew Garfield Garfield is too, right? So, well, yeah, I mean, if if Garfield wins BAFTA and wins Globe, that's almost making him the front runner. I guess Smith could win SAG, and then maybe Cumberbatch wins Critics' Choice, and then who the hell knows what to do. Interesting. Yeah. Discount um, critics' choice. That's what we do. <laughs> I think that there, there's, yeah, you know, they, they I'll tell you about that is that Netflix is competing with itself on that because they have Benedict Cumberbatch and they yeah. have Andrew yeah. Garfield. And if they think Benedict Cumberbatch can win it, they're not going to push a competitor, yeah. right? And they have and they have DiCaprio, who I, who I currently put in the five spot. I don't know how long I'll keep him there. But Don't Look Up, you know, is doing well in Leo's Leo. And he's pretty great in it. Like if if you ask me the best part of that film, I, I'd say it's Leo. Yeah, I, I mean, I, if it, if he gets in, if people really do like it, again, like I was surprised yeah. it didn't get in for the DGA. Right. That surprised me. But 
Sure. Um, the real heat this year right now is actress. Like that is a wide open race and <laughs> that's going to be yeah. a bloodbath. You know, it really mm-hmm. is like, who knows who's going to win that? That could be anybody. And that's yeah. where BAFTA really is going to come into play. Yeah, for sure. Because they're going to come out after the Oscar voting ends. Um, so it might, there might be no crossover at all. Yeah. And you, I would imagine, you think Coleman is the favorite with BAFTA? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Or too. Kidman. Yeah, maybe. Is is I Love Lucy a thing for, for Brit you know, BAFTA voters? Like that was an American kinda, of, I don't know. But being the Ricardos did so well on the short list, did it uh, Yeah, it it did. I remember. It did pretty well. It did pretty well. But yeah. um Olivia Coleman she did, and she won for her other things, so I don't know that they'll give her another award. But um so that's going to be interesting because Jennifer Hudson is on the long list and she has a double chance of getting in by both the the two that the voters pick and the one that the committee picks. Mm-hmm. So there is a good chance that Jennifer Hudson will get in there. Yeah. Um in the five which which is unfortunate because it would help to influence her getting into the Oscars if she had got a BAFTA, but there's not going to be time for that. So it's going but to That sag that helps. It does. It does. But she's also got that chance. Like, so if she could have done the yeah. double whammy, she would right, be in for right. sure. Oh, but, yeah, that'd um, be nice. Yeah. So that's 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 that. It's a very competitive race. Oh yeah. People are gonna love this, that. This is, this is the best part, in my opinion. This is the best part of the Oscar races right now. Before we have the nominations, because once you get the nominations, it gets a little bit easier, and then all the guilds weigh in on who wins. I like this stage where we get all the guild nominations. We're putting the puzzle pieces together, but there's still so many mysteries. I just this is the best part for me. Yeah, it's like, and then they, the door slams shut when you get the <laughs> nominations, and, every, right. and all it's all a Things world of no. <laughs> Becomes a world of is no. Is it 2023 yet? I know. I'm just <laughs> trying to look really quickly to see what else we have coming up in terms of nominations. Um, it looks bad, like. I think. Yeah, BAFTA's the next one. Yeah. Well, Oscar voting yeah. ends, right? And then that's right. the last. Yeah, it's just BAFTA's. As far as nominees, BAFTA's are the only major one left uh, before Oscar nominees. So we have two additional questions. And right. then, yep. um, so uh, one comes from our very own Shadan. Um, it is, it's, it's essentially a statement. Uh, basically, what do you make of the Oscars having such a short voting window? Does it make a difference, or do you think voters have their have already had their minds made up? Do you th- you think with less in person events they'd give people more time to vote? Mm, I think the point. window, the actual ballots in hand, is a short amount of time. But there's been a long amount of time leading up to it. This is this is later in the season than ballots usually go out, mm-hmm. much later. So I think they've had plenty of time. I think that people fill out their ballots pretty fast, pretty quickly. And so um, even though the voting window is short, I think they they, they know what they're doing. They, they already, I think they've made up there. And to be brief, answer the question. Just, do you think they yeah, really do they, like, I, they, go ahead, sorry. No, I think they've made a, I think a lot of them have made up their mind because it's, it's the end of January already. They've seen all the movies. They don't have to think about it anymore. And if they had any other questions about what the girls were going to do, they got all those questions answered this afternoon. Yeah, so basically, well, what what is it? It's the end of January. Usually they've done it between Christmas and New Year's. They have like, they have like that short of a window. 
And it's usually mm-hmm. done during vacation time with their families, right? This is different. Yeah. Like Ryan said, they basically had to have seen everything that they need to see, right? Um, and they've heard all the chatter and all the articles. They've seen it all, everything bubble up, and they know what they like, right? They already know what they like. That's the one benefit you have to a later season is that people do kind of settle in with movies that they like and that, that will have lasting power. When you're doing it really quickly, they don't have time to think about that or contemplate it. What movie has stayed with them? You know, like we're talking about being the Ricardos and Tick, Tick, Boom. Like these movies might not have had a chance of getting in earlier if it had just mm-hmm. been rushed through, but you can feel people kind of starting to slowly appreciate them more, you know, as they sink mm-hmm. in and they think about them and, um, and they go through their initial buzz. And, you know, I, I feel like that helps it helps certain movies and hurts other movies. There's some movies that would that benefit from a really rushed season, you know? Right. I do think that her second part of, the, of Shadon's question is with a few or less person, in, in-person events, that's, that's a shame. And I'm sure that it does hurt some movies and it, it, it would have helped a lot of contenders. But they've dealt with it and they dealt with it the past um, two years. And so it turned out all right. Um, you know, as far as nominations... Oh, Go sorry, ahead. Go ahead yeah. No, I was just gonna say, you know who it hurt, and, and Sasha and I discovered this uh, firsthand. I think that has hurt uh, Jennifer Hudson's campaign because she is yeah. so warm and friendly and genuine that you could see, and you put her in a room with a uh, hundred, two hundred uh, Oscar voters. She sings, she shakes the hands, things she couldn't do now. Um, she definitely gets that nomination. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. She, if they could just yeah. get her in a room full of people and she sings in front of them, she'd get it. She's, she's, um, she's a very humble and interesting person. Like she's, um, you know, she's not your typical show business person. That's what I like about her. Um, but the, uh, the, the, it's a problem. F- I, I have seen a lot of pictures come up on Instagram and Twitter. Like, I just saw one with, um, uh, uh, oh, what's her name? An education. What's her name? That Carrie actress? Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan was had just hosted a screening for somebody. I can't remember who it was, but it was some director. It was some movie or maybe an actor. And then I saw, you know, somebody, uh, Nicole Kidman doing something for Kristen Stewart. Like some of these big names are doing these little screenings and Zoom chats and stuff to try to, you know, um, help their contender friends or whatever, you know, to, to mm-hmm. sort of spread awareness. So they are doing stuff privately like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it does, it, it is a weird time because there's not, you can't capture any sort of buzz, you know, any real world. But like, does anybody even feel or sense who won the Globes? We know because we're keeping track. Right. But <laughs> but in an ordinary year, you would have a visual memory of someone winning a Globe, you know, mm-hmm. and right. it would stay yeah. with you. That moment would stay with you as an emotional moment, but we don't have those. Right. So... I have noticed that some uh, Globe recipients like Ariana DeBose, like Rachel Ziegler, have started referring to themselves as Golden Globe winners. Like they are, they are taking ownership of it finally, Good which for I think them. is fantastic. Good. Yeah, they have every right to take that ownership and be proud of it. That yeah. might be the only, you know, for for Rachel Ziegler, that might, I mean, that might be the only thing she ever wins. You know what I mean? So she has every right to be proud of that. Absolutely. Um, yes. We mentioned earlier about some of the feeling, the inevitable feeling of letdown on Oscar nominations morning. But, you know, I don't think I'm going to feel that this year because looking at the great charts that you did, uh, Mark, the the number 11, 12, 13, 14 movies, if they bump the number sevens, eights, and nines out, out of the current 
um, a predicted top ten. That'll be I'll be fine with that. I like all of the movies that on your chart, every one of them. And so if some of the movies in the in at, um, below the ten yeah. move up, that's that'll be great. I'll be happy for them. And it's not like I'm so attached to any of the movies in the lower, t- you know, in the eight, nine, or ten that I'm that I'll be feel sorry for them. So, yeah. Do you feel like any any emotional attachment to any movie? Like, is there anything that you're going to feel really sad if it if it doesn't make it in? Are you talking about like at the bottom or like overall? Just any movies. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, we know Belfast is. Getting, <laughs> but I mean, is there um, other than Belfast? Power, Power of the Dog. I'd be I would be devastated if Power of the Dog doesn't get in. Right. And, um, I, and I I almost want to say Dune too because I think I loved Dune. I don't know. Um, but no, I'd, so I'd be sad if that, Richard. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I, it seems so unlikely that, that the movies that, that those movies would yeah, not get in. Right. Yeah. Right. That, 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 it, yeah. Definitely, we would feel yeah. we, we, we would be baffled and bewildered and you know mad about it. But really, yeah. I would like to see Nightmare Alley have been done well better right. all season. Yeah. And that's probably my biggest disappointment yeah. appointment of the of the season is that because uh, I really liked it. Uh, yeah, it's just an inexplicable thing that that that's another one I think that might have done better with in person screenings and stuff, you know. Um yeah, with bringing so out all too. those stars. Yeah. Um that's a, that's just one last thing we can talk about before we go, which is the yeah. WGA. Um, those three screenplays were disqualified: Belfast, Power of the Dog, and Lost Daughter. So, which ones do you think those are going to replace when they when they head for the Oscars? Do you think it's there's any of them are going to get in the ones that were nominated? Do you think are we still looking yeah. at our basic locked? And and do we think that? No, because um, I think Power of the Dog and Belfast are definitely. I can't yeah. imagine they miss screenplay, right? So you got to right. pull something out. Right. Mm-hmm. For each category. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think, I think, uh, what's it called? French Dispatch is probably one that would drop off. And yeah, how, how about an Adapted? And, There's two got to drop off yeah. in Adapted. Well, yeah, because Lost Daughter's Adapted. Um, so maybe. Coda. Oh, Coda. No, I keep Coda in. Mm-hmm. I might tick, drop. Tick, boom. Uh, yeah, I would drop Tick, Tick, Boom and Nightmare Alley. I'd keep doing West Side Story and Coda. You're dropping Nightmare Alley. I would, yeah, because I, I, right now my my five are Power of the Dog, Lost Daughter, Coda, West Side Story, Dune. I, I'm afraid you're right, but I but I'm, I am so fond of Nightmare Alley, and I do think that yeah. the screenplay for Nightmare Alley improved not only way very much improved upon the original from the yeah. 1950s, but it improved upon the novel. In the yeah. same way that the West Side Story screenplay was better than the original screenplay in '61. If it, I don't know that it'll matter much in this category, but Nightmare Alley of the ones we just mentioned, the seven movies we just mentioned, Nightmare Alley is the only one that wasn't on the long list for BAFTA oh, for screenplay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not, not, I don't know if it matters that much here, but right. uh, you know, I, again, at this stage, I'm, I'm looking a lot at consensus. You know, when it comes to the critics, they know they don't matter as much because there's no crossover, but it's like a consensus thing, right? Are, are critics in Iowa voting for the same movie that critics in Florida and New Mexico are, right? Because then that shows wide range of, uh, you know, people enjoying it, right? So BAFTA, mm-hmm. eh, not too, not killer that it's missing, but it's, it's it's one reason to say maybe not Nightmare Alley. And I think Clarence is right, Tick, Tick, Boom seems the next most obvious to take off. 
I just sent you guys a, a picture of my daughter and her boyfriend, her kissing her <laughs> boyfriend, which you might think is cute. It sent in an email, so if you see uh, it. Uh, did you get it? I did, yeah. Isn't that cute? Oh, It's very like cute. His, Do you like I him? Like his beard. Yeah, no, he's really nice. Really nice guy. Excellent. Well, she's a smart girl. So she's I'm been sure. with him for three sure years. Good, yeah, good and they live in uh, Ohio. Oh, he's so cute, yeah. Three years they've been together. They just celebrated their anniversary, and he lives in Norwalk, Ohio, or his family. I was going to say he's an Ohio boy. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they're thinking of moving to Ohio. So. Yay! Uh-huh. And then Sasha's uh-huh. next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe. Uh. But um, the last question was: Is there a narrative where you're seeing Power of the Dog follow a Nomadland trajectory, um, and could it take picture director, screenplay, and supporting actor? Um, and hmm. I, I guess I would start there by saying I don't think it has a Nomadland trajectory because Nomadland kind of won everything, um, <laughs> and uh, and I don't see that with Power of the Dog just yet. I mean, it's winning a lot, of course, but I don't I don't know that it has the inevitability that Nomadland did last year. And if Nomadland hadn't won, it probably would. But remember, remember, nobody wants to talk about this, <laughs> but. Uh, it's Netflix, right? So this is a big deal for the Academy to finally make that switch. And, you know, it's funny because this year you're looking at movies from Apple, Amazon, and Netflix. And so you have the streaming platforms are encroaching upon them. You know, they're, the, they would be wise to embrace Netflix. It's their bread and butter, you know. It's going to be the only, their safe haven, their refuge, you know. So I feel like but I, I do I do think it is a little bit still a thing for them. It's going to be hard for them. And I feel like that works against Power of the Dog. But even without that, that's why it's not Nomadland. Nomadland was an easy no-brainer for them because it was, it was Searchlight and they didn't have that dilemma to think about. Um, maybe it won't matter. Maybe they'll just go ahead and do it. Maybe they'll do it with gusto. You know, that would be my sell. If I was working on that movie, it, my pitch would just dive right into it, not try to hide it. Just be like, yeah, you know, vote for us. We're, we're here for you, you know, and just have them enthusiastically choose Netflix, not reluctantly, but enthusiastically. Um, otherwise, I think it's it's a they're still old studio people and they're it's like with superhero movies are still a little bit mad, you know, about how everything's gone down. And I don't think they want to quite give themselves over. It's how, I think that's going to be a tough... They're getting close, though, because obviously uh, Roma won Best Director, right? So And, and Power of the mm-hmm. Dog just won its first Best Picture Prize at the Globe. It's already won a BAFTA. So Oscars is the last holdout. What's interesting about Nomadland and Power of the Dog, what they, what they have in common, is they both... They were, they were both ineligible for WGA. They both missed SAG. And they both won Golden Globe for Picture Director. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. in that in that sense, it could take a, a uh, same trajectory, right? Missing the same things, winning the same things. Um, and it was also, you know, Nomadland won the most critics awards um, for Picture, and that's where Power of the Dog is as well. It's also so one that, of those things. Yeah, it's also one of those things. Like we, none of us knows right now what's going to catch fire. All right. we know is. Nominations. We don't really know what the big winner is going to be, and 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 right. what's going to make people feel good as they're going through the season. They want to vote for it. You know, we don't know that yet. I will say that it helps uh, Belfast to to be under the radar. It helps it a lot. Yeah. Um. 
you it's know. not under the radar anymore, though. <laughs> yeah, or I don't know if it ever was, but who knows? It was it was until Telluride kind of blew up there. Anyway, should we wrap? Because I'm going to fall asleep here soon. Okay, <laughs> all right. Not, not because you guys are boring. You guys are terrific. It's, you know, I'm old. I'm old. Oh, Mark. Well, Time to put the baby to bed. Well, put the baby to bed. Thanks for moderating the podcast tonight, Mark. I mean, you're really yeah, serious. You're you're, and your chart is just incredible. Your chart yeah. just lays everything out so clearly and plainly. And anyone who's following trying to follow what's going on the chart is indispensable you got to get look at it and find it and save it that's, and uh, refer to you. it well that's um that's 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 only really one third of the chart that's my the industry oh. side i also have a second part of it that also shows like the critic side of as far as not not each critics group but what what is the what is the consensus critics for picture right what 10 movies have had the most critics nominations for picture so it kind of extends that way but that that's that's not as important, obviously, as the guilds and stuff. So it just helps, like, paint a picture a little bit, I think. Um, we should put up a section on your page for charts that people can click on. And, and you know, I should do that, too. I'm, I'm so disorganized with this stuff. But I would love a place where we have, you know, research and charts and stats and this. I, I did start a wiki at one point, but I've never – I haven't yeah. really kept it up. And but that might be something to if think you, about. Yeah. If you go to the good, the good is gold page, uh, the header page, and and you click on any one of the categories, I have each each um, nominate like each predicted nominee. I list also what it's been cited as. Oh, okay. so it's all it's not in a grid form in that sense, like the one I've tweeted. But it's got you know, if you go to best picture, you can see all the things that Belfast has shown up for, or all the things Power of the Dog has shown up for. And I put it in bold if it has if it won. And it's not in bold if it's just nominated. So you can kind of get a, an idea for it that way, too. Yeah, that's really cool. So you guys can all see that. Right now, we're just holding our breath, waiting to exhale, because Oscar <laughs> voting ends Tuesday. And then we can all let our hair down, chill out for a little while. But until then, we've got, like, balls to the wall for the next, <laughs> what's today, Thursday? We've got Four Friday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. I mean, the, the good thing is it happens over the weekend, so it's going to cut yeah, down. on turnaround. Yeah, they don't really have a lot of time it, to start. That is, a, that is quick. They're not going to be able to start like a you know a, a, a controversy over any yeah. movie at this point. Uh, I mean, that'll happen. Yeah. That'll be a phase two thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right, you guys. Well, it's been lovely, and you have a good night. And you I'll too. have this up hopefully tomorrow. Great morning. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Top top fifteen at least. Top fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Good night. All right. Night, guys. Bye. You've been listening to all this and the Oscars too. AwardsDaily.com's podcast on the Oscar race. You can find our articles and podcasts and much much more at AwardsDaily.com, and you can find links to our Twitter that way as well. If you have any questions, you can, we often ask Twitter to um, ask us what we want and we'll read them on the uh, air. And if you like this podcast, please leave a review. Um, It helps a lot. And um, if you have any emails you'd like to share, you can send it to awardsdaily at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 